What do you get when you mix high-pitched screams, shadow nipples, and leaded iron? You get a good reason to watch movies after work. Hey there, guys. I'm Thomas Green. And I'm picking the movie next week. <laughs> I'm Alex Duez. <laughs> this was a movie. This is painful. Uh, we watched uh, the 1985... Uh, if you say classic, I'm going to punch you in the fucking teeth. I was going to say cult <laughs> film... Life Force, uh, uh-huh. about space vampires. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's even based off of a book called The Space, space vampires. vampires. Yep. Um, a book I feel I don't need to read. No. I don't see what it could add to, to what I've just experienced. But... Yeah, we will we'll return to that in a minute. First, we've got uh, some trailers to talk about. Uh, first of all, let's start with uh, Mulan. That was the that was our big one yeah. that came out. That uh, was the that was the teaser trailer that um, was released. It seems like moments before Maleficent or after Maleficent. It seemed like they dropped basically the same day. Very very close to each other. Um, I think Mulan was an apology for Maleficent. They're like, we're sorry, we know. It, Look, here's Mulan. Does this make up for it? You know what? This call me call me a sucker, but this honestly is similar feelings I had towards Dumbo. Okay. With how we discussed Dumbo being possibly and probably the greatest departure from its source material when it comes to Disney live action mm-hmm. remakes. Um, you know, Aladdin followed very closely, Beauty and the Beast followed very closely. We imagine Lion King is going to follow very closely to its cartoon counterpart. Lion King is basically it's go- it's it's going yeah. it's going to be the closest to doing a Gus Van Sant psycho that they've done. Yeah. I well you know, we're not going to talk about Lion King too much, but it is getting its praise from its comedic actors, and I feel like... And the visuals. It, yeah, and, and the visuals. It. <laughs> and I feel like its comedic actors are taking more liberties with, I want to do something different. I want to make this, my comedic performance, different from this other comedian's performance. Yeah. Because, um, I, I mean, they're, those are, they're, you know, John Oliver, who you know, is whether he hates being called it or not, he is a, a cultural landmark to, mm-hmm. to our generation now yeah. on par gro- close to, if not on par with John Stewart and Stephen Colbert. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's still filling, filling the shoes of Rowan Atkinson mm-hmm. who is a, a com- comedic legend. Yeah. Um, He's like a one-man dynasty of what you can accomplish. And then, you know, Billy Eichner, who's gone from a cult icon to very much part of the mainstream zeitgeist. Yeah. I mean, he had, he had his transition from the guy yelling on, uh, you know, at people on yelling for Yelling for lesbians to come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to being the guy on, you know... Um, Parks and Rec, and and now he's Parks and Rec, American Horror Story. Yeah, now he's he's you know going into different avenues and and becoming more of a commercial success. He's filling in the you know he's stepping into the shoes of Nathan Lane, who's one of the 
greatest. I mean, he is as as he hopes to be. He is Zero Mostel. He is his generation Zero Mostel. He is one of the greatest theater comedic actors yeah. for musicals that that's alive today, yeah. without question. Well, bringing it all back to to Mulan, <laughs> the the thing that does make me a bit hopeful for this trailer is how much it doesn't look like its cartoon counterpart. Um, and they've also, they've already said that this is apparently not going to be a musical and it's not going to have Mushu in it. The, well, no, no, no. From everything I've heard, uh, they are choosing to follow more close, choosing to focus more on being a, a different adaptation of the story mm-hmm. than being an adaptation of, of the, the cartoon. animated film. Gotcha. Uh, Mushu will be in there. They've altered it so instead of it being the Hun who is the villain, mm-hmm. it's actually a witch, and this one's going to play more into the supernatural and spiritual stuff like that. Gotcha. I assume to justify slow motion, which <laughs> this trailer showed us we will be getting plenty of. Well, it, that that worries me a little bit. I wonder if Mushu then becomes less of a comedic character and more of a... I don't know. The, the bird from Aladdin who turned into a dragon at the end? My guess is it enti- it's based entirely off of who they hire. Yeah. Um, if they... I mean, if they can't find anyone, eventually they'll just call Alan Tudyk and say, yeah. look, dude, we know that you give the best performances, so can you just come in and do this role too? Yeah. Um, if they get a big A-list comedic actor, Mushu will... They will, even if they have to do reshoots, they will make Mushu a comedic character like he was with Eddie Murphy's performance. If they're not able to find that, they might literally just have Jim Cummings come in and do a deep, like a, you know, like some deep brazen voice and have Mushu just show up like for at least one scene near the end of the movie to give her her last bit of inspiration. Yeah. Well, I'm also wondering if they would want to keep to Mushu being an Asian actor. And if you go Asian comedic actor, you get Ken Jeong. And then, I don't know. I don't know how that well, would play in, in what we've seen of this movie so far. Well, that's the well, and that's the whole thing. Like, you, if you're looking for someone who's, I don't know if they want to go for Chinese, Japanese. I'm, I'm not familiar with Mulan. Mm-hmm. Mulan. Well, Mulan was basically like Disney's fruit cocktail of Asian culture. <laughs> like, you, you, honestly, you can't watch that movie and, dis- and distinguish if they are explicitly a Chinese or Japanese or, or well, I, I, whatever I, I, I guarantee you, and I guarantee you if you looked it up right now, you would have an answer. Um, but the thing for me, like Mulan showed up in the Disney animated film era right when I was getting to that point where I was, you know, a little bit older and trying to play too cool for school on stuff. So a movie, you know, an animated kid movie about a girl. Yeah. That's not... I you know a, a preteen boy is not going to be excited for that movie. Yeah. I don't remember when I eventually saw it. I don't know if I did see it in theaters or not. I know that then I didn't see it again for like over a decade. Yeah, watched it again. Still was like, eh, it's a movie. It's fine. Um, yeah, I like, and it's my wife gets on me all the time because we we have like a two three your age difference, mm-hmm. but there is a generational gap between the two of us. Yeah. She and her friends, they, at, at the drop of a hat, 
can sing that make a man out of you song. Yeah. First time in college that a group of a group of them started singing it, I legitimately was like, what the fuck are they singing yeah. right now? I did not know. I yeah. cuz I forgot it was in the show. I forgot it was the whole Donny no, Osmond song. Yeah, no. People in their in their 20s have that like locked in a vault in the back of their head like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a bit of a age gap between the two of us like I can sing at least half of that song. And I've yeah. I've seen Mulan no more than four times in my entire I've, fucking life. I've had it come up on a Disney radio station that I have. <laughs> I and it plays and I still I know I know the first line because of the amount of times that I heard it and went, Okay, leaving the room. Yeah. Let's when get down to they business would do it. To defeat the Huns. Alright, let's move on. <laughs> I'm gonna stab but you. No, but this no, this looks like a somewhat interesting action film. It does not look bad. My only disappointment is I they didn't get um anyone from a, anywhere in Asia to direct the film. Mm. You know, I would love to have seen, you know, the spacing on his name, but the director who did Hero just did the movie Shadows. You know, amazing director. Mm-hmm. Um you know, he makes a movie you should go see it because it's visually captivating and the characters are powerful um but i forget the director that they got and i'm all i remember is looking at her credentials and going "Eh, maybe yeah um but i mean it's these disney live action remakes um yeah, you're showing me the name. I'm not going to yeah, risk <laughs> seeming like a racist douche and <laughs> screwing up his name. Um, regardless, the 2004 hero starring Jet Li. Mm-hmm. Hunt that movie down and watch it. The, it's phenomenal. Yeah, that seems like an opportunity lost there. Um, Especially since this is clearly them trying to just go insane on their Chinese box office yeah. draw. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't have too many more thoughts on, on this. This is just more affirmation that we're not getting away from these, uh, Disney remakes. They've already started announcing castings for little mermaid. Um, yeah, which I'm indifferent to. We're not. That's we're not going to make this podcast about I, who cares if well the, the, I, her race or anything like that. Well, the la- last time we discussed my opinion about the the idea of Melissa McCarthy as Ursula, um, <laughs> in regards to this girl they have cast as Ariel, mm-hmm. I don't not Halle Berry, not Halle Berry. <laughs> <laughs> Not Halle Berry. Halle Berry woke up and wondered why her name was trending on Twitter. I would love if they apart were... from and a particularly awesome performance in John Wick Three. I give want her credit. I want Disney to go. Fuck it. Triton's a girl now. Let's get Halle Berry. Let's just make this. <laughs> let's just make everyone right. Well, um, I, was, I was so excited by Terry Crews nominating himself as Triton. That was the, that was the best part of that whole whole thing. I like that one. I like the nomination that I saw online for Prince Eric of Danny DeVito. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah, no, those, um, those memes of, hear me out. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and they cast some ridiculous... Seeing Lady Gaga next to Ursula in her human form trying to seduce uh, Prince Eric... I, I, can like, I can see that. They, they, they bear a close resemblance when Lady Gaga's sporting I can get her that. black hair. I can get that. Um, 
but no, with the, with the girl that they do have cast as is as Ariel, she is a phenomenal singer. Mm-hmm. I I watched the the video that was circulating online of her singing Unforgettable. Okay. I want to see her in a biopic for Billie Holiday or Ella Fitzgerald or someone like that. I want to see her make that. Yeah. Um, I'm totally spacing on her name right now, but the the woman who sang Stormy Weathers, she would be. I feel like she could do an amazing job playing her in a film. Mm-hmm. Regardless, that's what I want to see her doing. I don't want to see her stuck in a rehash. Yeah. I want to see, with a voice a voice like hers should not be wasted on a rehash. It should be waste, not it's wasted. Not wasted. <laughs> it should be spent. It should be used on, on something it sh- else. Yeah. It should be spent on something different, something original. Even if it's a biopic, still a sense of originality to it. Yeah. Whereas this. I, I agree with people to a certain extent. I think it is stunt casting, but I do think she has an amazing voice that mm-hmm. could make those songs really good. Yeah. Well, if we, you know, if we're casting not Halle Berry as uh, Ariel, if Terry Crews does not get Triton, I would absolutely be 100% on board for Idris Elba's Triton. No, see, here's the thing. If the producers <laughs> for Little Mermaid did not see that online and immediately call him and go, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then they done fucked up. Yeah. yeah uh, in ways that they don't get to come back from. And I forget, they they announced, I think they announced who's playing Scuttle and Flounder, but I don't Probably. care. Yeah. There was like, it, there were names that I was like, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Maybe you can cast Danny DeVito as the shark. That could be fun. Make him the no, shark. No, no, you you cast him as the chef who's chasing around. No, Sebastian. no, 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 no. I was I got this figured out. He's the priest with the boner. Okay. <laughs> but he's one hundred percent just Frank from uh Yes <laughs> from It's Always Sunny. <laughs> Alright. What's the next trailer we have to talk about? Uh staying in that same in the same realm of everything we've talked about, but with less enjoyment in it. Maleficent. Yeah. Not even just Maleficent. Maleficent 2. Even if this movie was called Maleficent 2 Electric Boogaloo, I would still tell them to fuck off and uh, to sit and spin on the cock of the horse they rode in on. This trailer is so bizarre. It, It is so bizarre. I don't know why you're trying to sell me on this weird love triangle of... Maleficent's my mother. Oh wait, I have a I have a now I have mother a, now who, I have a new mommy in Michelle Pfeiffer who's yeah. my boyfriend or fiance's mom like Oh, I thought that was her birth. No, mother. no, that's her unless I'm mistaken. From what I can tell, M- Michelle Pfeiffer is the the mother the, of the, the mother the, of the 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 prince. Princeton. And yeah, yeah. so this is a new woman coming in and becoming a threat. Gotcha. And she's so clear, like, she's evil, which basically leads into the whole concept of, like, that hot topic emo-ish, like, when you think adults are out to get you, you're right. <laughs> you're in the right. Do whatever you want, because you're right. Um, and also, we need to just make it, there needs to be a very clear sign Chef Juan Ecuador is, he is what happens 
when your Oscar bait movies don't pan out. Because that... Because that's him at the end of the the trailer. Oh, my God. That's him. That's him standing there doing another... I'm sorry. Another, like, I'm going to stand here and talk prolifically while we're setting up these winged horn... Basically, we're setting up our Calvary swarm that's going to come in, in at the end of the movie and decide after Maleficent gave them a rousing speech about how they have to go back out into the real world despite yeah. anything that's happened to them, and then they'll decide to, to do it. Yeah, no, I couldn't get over the How to Train Your Dragon 2 and 3 parallels of, like, there's more of them. They're, they're living in a cave together. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's so I never, strange. I never saw the first movie. <laughs> Obviously. Nor have I, yeah. Obviously, I've never seen the first movie. Uh, my daughter is not old enough for me to get stuck watching that movie yet. Yeah, um, just wait. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I'm prepared. I am I am emotionally prepared. Um, oh, I thought you had a flask on you or something. No. No, I, I'm just going to sit there and go full Mystery Science Theory 3000. <laughs> Basically, that's going to be what my daughter deals with. If I don't want to watch the movie, I'm going to sit there and make fun of it. Yeah, don't worry. I'll, I'll tag along. <laughs> well, it's like when I get bored watching the 80th episode of a kid's show, mm-hmm. I start trying to create, explain the world. Yeah. So, you know... I think I brought this up before, but Minnie Mouse, she's an alcoholic. <laughs> she's totally an alcoholic. You have not brought this up before. We'll oh, delve. Yeah. We'll, we'll delve deeper into that. Later. Oh, no. You don't have to delve deeper. <laughs> it's ice thin. She's an alcoholic. <laughs> um, so, yeah. No, Maleficent, we really don't have too much to say. The movie looks... I mean, it's that... It's the, the, the funny thing is the, the Maleficent movies and the Alice in Wonderland movies, they're kind of like the direct to DVD yeah. of the animated films, but now in the live action yeah. world. Yeah. That's what, that's what they look like in their quality. Mm-hmm. That's what they, that's what they're, they just are in general. Yeah. Um, I don't, I I just don't get it. I assume that Angelina Jolie wanted a paycheck to be able to go direct something else that people don't want to watch. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Yeah. The uh, the third movie that um, we wanted to talk about, which I brought to your attention, was yeah. Madness in the Method, um, which is Jason Mew's new film, which shows him playing himself, mm-hmm. being wanting to be taken more seriously as an actor. Yeah. Um, and it stars, which is a struggle for me because it stars all the usual suspects of a yes. U.S. film. Yep. Um, the biggest reason that I wanted to talk about this film was because we do get a brief glimpse of Stanley. Stanley is in the movie. Um, so you can tell that this movie probably has been in the works for a while because it's also Stanley that seems to be in good health. It's and Stanley I, the, in in pretty good health and a fat Kevin Smith. And Kevin Smith hasn't been fat for over a year. So. Yeah. I didn't even notice that he was fat, still fat. I mean, f- f- you know, fat being relative. He's bigger Kevin Smith. Yes. He's, he's pre-heart attack Kevin Smith. I yes. would venture to guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have to imagine this is one of the last times that we're going to see um, Stanley in a feature film. Yeah, I mean, it looks it looks funny. It looks absolutely weird. Um, it was hilarious to see, you know, 
Dean Kane and Casper Van Dien in a movie that does not have a CGI monster in it. You don't know that. Um, Third act. Fair it's enough. Blow your mind. Fair enough. Maybe. Hey, the robotic spider that they wanted Kevin Smith to write in the Superman Returns shows yeah. up. Yeah. It shows up, and everyone just makes fun of it for its appearance in Wild Wild West until it commits suicide. Yeah. There we go. I, I figured out the third act. Now I don't have to go see the movie. I feel terrible. This uh, this trailer like screams to me this is an appetizer before uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot comes out. Yeah, well, like, and that's what I love. Like, there's a part of the trailer where they're just like, you're not Jay and Silent Bob anymore, this, or Silly Bill, or like, mm-hmm. they say something, and I'm sitting there going, didn't you guys just finish filming a reboot? <laughs> Clearly, this movie got yeah. made before you decided you were going to do that. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, this movie's going to basically be in theaters at the same time, and that's kind of <laughs> awkward. No, this seems like you're. Do you want something to tie you over before you watch more or less all of these people again? In a couple months in theaters in Jay and Silent Bob. Well, I think it's just... Which I'm fine with. That. Honestly, I just think it's Jason Mewes um, doing something a little therapeutic for himself and yeah. having a bunch of friends surrounding him that are willing to say, hey, I'll take an afternoon to, to film some scenes for your movie. Yeah. And I think that's fantastic. And I think that's, you know, it's kind of like the the black and white Midsummer or not Midsummer. Uh, much Ado About Nothing that Joss Whedon did right mm-hmm. after the first Avengers, yeah. where he basically just had friends over for a weekend and they filmed the entire movie that weekend. Yeah, yeah. But that Which, looks uh, that looks fun. I'm, I'm, yeah, it looks fun. Looks I'll check that out when it comes to to VOD because I'm sure it'll be VOD in theaters at the same time. Pro- yeah, um, yeah. But we can't delay delay the inevitable any longer. Yes, it's time. Strap on our spacesuits, fly off towards Haley's Comet, and discuss Life Force. This... I feel bad for you because you, I went into this movie knowing mm-hmm. that I was about to watch a shit show. Yeah. And I was excited for that. I was, I was like, I can't wait to see in what way this movie is terrible. You kept being like, well, the, I mean, the director's, you know, maybe with the director. No, uh, 100% this film has taught me Toby Hooper is not a real person. It is a moniker that people adopt when they have a good idea. And every once in a while you get Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is um, probably my favorite Horror, horror film of all time. You know, one of my favorite films, period, of all time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get Poltergeist, and sometimes you get this, which seems... If I told you the plot of this movie, I could have prefaced it with, I had the craziest fucking dream. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, this is absolutely one of those movies where you're just like, am I, ha- am I on drugs? Did I finally experience what taking drugs is like? <laughs> <laughs> Did I just get slapped in the face with college? Oh what God. is going on? Uh, yeah, so the the plot of this film, and I'm using that term loosely, mm-hmm. spa- um, astronauts find space vampires, yep. bring them back to Earth, yep. and they start sucking out people's life force. <laughs> oh, he said it. Dun, dun. <laughs> um... That's the movie. 
basically in a nutshell. Yeah. Uh, and one of the astronauts runs around sweaty and screaming the whole movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, the, the big thing that, um, this movie is probably known for is just the fact that the main vampire is a nude woman. The entire time. Uh, I, not the entire time. 99.6% of the time, she has the weird shawly thing at the end that magically disappears yeah, in the yeah. next, you know, in a cut. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's my biggest problem with this film. Is that they don't know... There's a nude woman? No. <laughs> is that they sincerely don't know if they're trying to terrify me or turn me on the entire movie. It's like... Well, it's the this old... naked woman. Isn't she horrifying? And I'm like, no, she's very attractive. And like, that's that's every male character's whole. Well, I I make a point. Every man in this film is either a perv or asexual. <laughs> every single one of them. Uh-huh. It's you're one or the other. There is no middle ground. There is no exception. You are a perv or you're asexual. Yeah. Um, but no, this film, I mean, this film fits the criteria. I think it's Wes Craven who said this of um, give him a scare, give him a hard on, send him home. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's essentially <laughs> what this movie is doing. I mean, it fails miserably on, on both fronts on both fronts because you're way too confused to be aroused. <laughs> Plus, pretty much every single time she's in frame, there's also some guy leering at her. Yeah. So it's not exactly like you're sitting there being like, oh. Yeah. I texted you and um, I said, this is a fucking comedy. Because (laughs) I texted you, there's moments of brilliance in this film. Yes. they're, They're brief, but there are moments. And sincerely... I think if they went the comedy route, this would be the Evil Dead for s- someone. Like, it would be a cult classic among many. I agree. When when they lock the two guys into separate cells, and they're realizing that two hours later, they need to feed off, a, off of a life force. Every two hours, or, they need a life force. Yep. Yeah, or they like decompose and, mm-hmm. and, and die. The, the the first guy, he's he's freaking out, and then he kind of just keels over, and then they poke him with a stick, and it, like, you know, goes into his belly, like, with no resistance. It just crum- crumbles yeah. away. The second guy, he starts to go crazy, sees the men, approach his cell, runs at the door, and explodes into dice. He hits the door and just... Goes to dust. And I literally laughed out loud. That was one of the funniest fucking things I've seen in a movie in in so long. Well, here's the thing, and you may disagree with me on this, but for 1985, the first half of this movie actually has pretty good special effects. It's not bad. Yeah. Um, The whole, like, when they have the the mummified body Mm -hmm. on the... On the autopsy table, and he comes back to life. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, because um, it has to be puppetry, and it's it's, 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 it's clearly puppetry. It's superb, but it works. Yeah, and it's it works for him to not be fluid in his motion. Mm-hmm. Um, the them floating around the the spaceship actually looks not that bad. 
<laughs> I thought that looked fucking terrible. I get that it's of the time, but it's literally just let me force like it's it, it looked like a still image that they were pushing forward or 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 back in out of frame. And it, it very well could have been, but like for for the quality of movie that we got, I should have seen strings. <laughs> True. Plain yeah. and simple. I yeah. should have seen strings. The space, the, the the space exploration in the first 10 to 15 minutes of this film is so disorienting to me. The amount of times that the shot is inverted or, or upside down or entirely upside down. We never film them head on unless they have gravity because space. <laughs> If we, if we have the cam, hey, if the camera is at a 30 degree angle, space, <laughs> which I literally to their love- credit, that's about as much effort mm-hmm. as the people who made gravity by their own admission put into the concept of what it's like to be in space. So, well, when you're, when one of your first lines of dialogue is like the force acceleration of the Churchill allows them to experience Earth-like gravity, and it's just so you can explain away the fact that they're able to walk normally on the space station. Yeah. Like, it, it was just... If you hadn't said that, I would have thought, like, oh, you're just supplying gravity. Like, you're, yeah, you know... You, like, a, yeah, like whatever. Like in every science. other sci-fi film. Yeah. You know, science. Yeah. I'm, I don't know enough about science, so you can lie to me and I'll believe you. Um... <laughs> Especially in 1985. You could have lied right to my fucking face. Yeah. It, it can't... It, okay... And to, to go literally to the first few seconds of this film, it cannot be understated. This film actually has a fantastic film score. Okay. The score for this film is actually quite good. Mm. It just feels like it's bad because it's promising more than everything else can deliver. <laughs> you um, see, I thought the musical strikes were good. I didn't pay a t- like... Yeah. The, the score did not grab me, but it did have moments of, like, jump scare, let's couple this, you're seeing a graphic image of, of the, you know, decomposed yeah. burnt body in the space station, coupled with, you know, the... Yeah, we got, I mean, the score is done by Henry Mancini, who's most famously known for the theme for the Pink Panther. Okay. Uh, he's the one who does the score for this, and I actually, it, honestly, it was my favorite thing about the film. Easy. Mm-hmm. It didn't have a lot of competition, but it was my favorite thing. <laughs> um, I uh, I was horrified when I saw that one of the writers for this film was the guy who wrote Alien. I immediately yeah. was just like, I'm going to spend so much of this movie disappointed. <laughs> I like I literally wrote, how is this the writer of Alien? And I don't know how many more times I went back to that thought. Um, literally, I I got to, like, the big finale, mm-hmm. and I I put, seriously, Alien. Yeah. Like, it literally is just me being like, that's, it's the same writer. I don't understand how that's possible. Yeah. Um, but these, the whole space exploration, it starts off strong for me of the tension of them going through the ship. I actually kind of enjoyed that. And then we get to the bats and it's like one, your big reveal moment is so out of focus Mm -hmm. that I'm just seeing like, 
black blobs. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very underwhelming. Yeah. It's, um, it's also completely made a joke when they go, bring out the specimen bag. And, and it's, it's literally a just a net. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I even, I have that down too. I, I have specimen bag equal net. Um, <laughs> No, the thing, that, but the thing that killed me is that you get all of them surrounding one of the space bats talking about it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we can see the back shoulder yeah. of it. We never, like, we don't even get, like, a scary jump cut yeah. to showing the face of it. It's, it's all left to our imagination yeah. what these space vampire bats look like. And I think part of that was supposed to be, like... Oh, what what you don't see is scarier than what you do see. No, I think part of this was the director saw them and said, <laughs> "These look fucking stupid. Yeah. I'm not putting this on camera. Yeah. You wasted your time. Congratulations." Well, when when we see the astronauts then go into the second area room with the with the humanoid bodies, yes, and you still are seeing the bat creature like silhouetted. I couldn't tell. If I was seeing movement there. No, you were seeing movement, but I'm pretty sure it was, like... Because I, th- I think at that point they were on rigs. Because I know yeah. one of them got really excited when he found out that he was using the one that's, that Christopher Reeves used for all the Superman films. Okay. Um, so my guess is the bat was on a string... And just naturally started spinning on the string, and nobody, because nobody was there to hold on to it to keep it still. Yeah. The, so, when they bring the humans back onto the ship, and then we get the cut to 30 days later, mm-hmm. then we arrive back on Earth, listening to these guys talk about how they're, how exactly they're gonna go up there, and... All of this was fine. Like, at this point, I'm not aware of what a horrible film I'm in store for. <laughs> so a second shuttle is brought up there to then collect the humanoid bodies and then, you know, see what happened on the on the Churchill. And that's when we see that all the bodies have been burnt. Um, everything's been destroyed other than these three humanoids. Yeah. Um, Which, the fact... Like, I... And this is the whole thing that I always wonder if this is actually indicative and realistic to real life, but if I'm report, if I have someone reporting to me, they're up in a ship, everyone's dead, the place has been burnt. Yeah. But we've got three crystal coffins (laughs) with nude people inside of them that weren't part of the crew. Yeah. My response is, detonate the damn ship. (laughs) Clearly... Those are the things that cause the issue. Yeah. yeah. Get rid of them. Yeah. Well, when we bring them back to, to Earth, and the two men are kept in the crystal coffins, and the woman is somehow taken out, and then just put on a bed with a sheet over her, nothing to indicate that she's alien, that she might be a threat, yep. no bed restraints, no, you know... One guard well, on duty. They're just assuming that she's dead. Yeah. Also, why do you start with the girl? Start with the start with one of the guys. You have a spare if you fuck up. <laughs> Seriously, like yeah. Yeah. you have like you can use one of the guys as your tester. 
and where you're figuring out, like, oh, it turns out that their heart is down where our spleen is, so be careful jamming the knife in there. You know, it's... You ha- you can be like, well, dump that one on the pile. Let's go get the spare. Yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> it was so it was so we could see more tits. Well, yes, so. I know it was so we could see more tits. Um, <laughs> also, to step back for a minute, I don't believe it had anything to do with scientific accuracy that there was an area called the Tug Bay, given the fact that's where they put the nude people. Uh huh. I think that was on purpose. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the. Also, I absolutely loved, 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 loved how many doors that guy had to run through to try to go save the guard. It was like the opening of Get Smart. I'm telling you, I thought, this is where I thought. Is this is this movie a fucking comedy? Because he runs through all these doors, gets the guard, and then we see the other scientists. Mm-hmm. Come up, he sees the monitor, and I'm like, "Are we about to get a cut where he did the exact same run through all the all the same doors?" I'm like, "Please." Well, do what it. I love was he's running through each one, running, and then he gets to that big door, and he and it's all of a sudden like he's like, "Okay, I got to this door. I can take my time. Now. <laughs> I can just hang out." Um, at the point where the first line of our alien, our female nude female alien. Is use, use my, my body. body. Yep. I at that point I was like, oh, so this movie is not going to be respectful of women. <laughs> no. Good to know. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> not in the slightest. Not when maybe fifteen minutes later, our new action movie hero grabs a unsuspecting woman and smacks her and says, "She wants me to hurt her. I can hear her." <laughs> oh, yeah. well, that's not fifteen minutes later. I mean, um, however much later it is. Yeah, ten years, I, I felt like. Um, <laughs> but no, her and the whole bit of her leaving... First of all, the end of her leaving the compound, where she's walking across the broken glass... Oh my god. The fact that she's like walking across glass that broke in that same shot... Yeah. ...while she's nude, is actually... For me, that's actually pretty badass. Yeah. It's a, it's a bad, it's a, it's honestly a Terminator style moment. Yeah. Um, but my favorite moment of that whole section is the guard looks up confused, <laughs> and then you get a brief, you get a full, not even a brief, you get a full second of just the shadows of her nipples. <laughs> Before then, it's just the shadow of her breast. I swear. And then her body, like it, it literally like they were just like, okay, inch, inch, inch. Action. That's that's half of the inventing filmmaking in this film is how can we silhouette or frame her 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 tips like perfectly when when we see the other half is how can we frame it so that way we don't have to look at the penises of any of the new guys. <laughs> this and Dune or not Dune, sorry. This and Starship Troopers. They are so afraid to show a dick. God forbid we <laughs> God forbid we hang some dong out. Dune was the same way. They didn't want stings yeah, hanging true, out. True. Um, With lots of sci-fi that's just scared of the dick, man. I, when Carlson is is uh, like saying how, what really happened and how he opened the the woman's uh, case, the whatever crystal mm-hmm. case, like the the shot starts 
like you can see the top of her it's from the top of her head directed yeah. downward you yeah. can see her tits just standing <laughs> up in the like erect in the air yeah anyway um no i i laughed with that shot as well um i yeah i literally at one point put so the plot is nudity um yeah yeah you have the guard tries to tempt her with a cracker like she's a dog Mm -hmm. um (laughs) i was sad he didn't die he really deserved the, it. <laughs> the first guard that she encounters, and he's like, oh man, they're not going to believe this. Like, yeah. he was almost as bad as the doorman in FX, just watching the woman getting getting tied up by, by the lead character. But you know what? I would be the same way if I was him. Because <laughs> look, that guy was experienced. He knew with where he was at, Either this is something that I have to keep quiet about or else I get fired. Yeah. Or this is something I have to keep quiet and keep to myself right now or she's going to kill me. Yeah. Yeah. He knows. True. He knows. <laughs> keep your mouth shut. Maybe make a little bit of a quip when you think everyone else is out of your, ra- your range. <laughs> You're golden. I guarantee you, nobody in this movie lived as long a life as that man. Yeah, probably Given not. the fact that it seems like... Pretty much everyone's dead at the end of this movie. Yeah. Um, I think he's still alive sitting at his desk. <laughs> knowing not to bother anyone. Yeah. I, I think he's still said. I think if this movie had had a post credit scene, it would have been him sitting there at his desk, just like twiddling his thumbs, just rocking back and forth, not saying a damn thing. He Just just him sitting there yeah, like that. He knows better. Yep. You know what this film makes me want to go back and watch, which I feel like we've just talked about on this podcast? What? Under the Skin. Because that is yeah. a 100% better, you know... Version of this. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we talked about that um, the, with the Hereditary episode because I watched mm. that. I watched Under the Skin and Hereditary on the same day. Gotcha. For some weird-ass fucking reason. <laughs> Were you alright? That... <laughs> that was a strange thing for you. I was alright at the beginning. I, I was a little rough by the end. Oh, Scarlett Johansson. Let's see what this is about. No, I knew what it was about. <laughs> Three hours I later. <laughs> I knew what it was about, which is why I don't understand why I watched it yeah. when I knew I was going to be watching Hereditary. <laughs> um, yeah, I... Also, okay, so we get to... We have the whole thing, like, so the... The, the, the one guy, the... The guard that she mummified, he dries out, and yeah. they can just, like, crack him open yeah. like an egg. Um, the other guy, he runs into the gate, which, if not for the shitty editing, would have been a legitimately cool effect yeah. moment. Yeah. Um, but then you get to the mummified woman, which, first of all, <laughs> why did she need Bush? I don't. Why did she, she? The answer she didn't. No, she didn't. You could have just not had it there. She, the, f- the fact that you had it there, it means that somebody was specific. Like that means that literally someone involved with this movie saw that mummified, like that mummified dummy character, mm-hmm. and went straight to looking at the crotch. <laughs> 
like looked at the boobs, looked at the crotch, and immediately noticed the lack of bush, and for some reason thought we should fix that. She, she had the strangest hourglass figure. It yes, was, it was horrifying. Yes, I mean she was the- mummified, so the figure <laughs> was one thing. But no, um, but for her, she explodes. Mm-hmm. Why is she different? No, because like, there's no consistency. No, the the rule on that part was not there. Um, there there's there's no consistency in in thank God for for Carlson because half of his job in the film is to just spout exposition because he's the only person who knows what the fuck is going on in the film. It's oh. She's calling to me. I can see where she's at now. I can see who she's with. Now we shared life force, and now I, she wants it back from me. And that, that's all his job is, his is to job, explain to the audience what the fuck is going on. Yes. What his, everyone's motivation is. His job is to explain everything through whining and sweating. Yeah. Um, that's, that's his entire job. Um, also to have what I call the hot topic sex scene um, in his dream sequence. <laughs> Yeah. It literally, it is, we are on a fake grave. Yeah. Having sex that we clearly are not experienced in having. <laughs> that that was up there with the room on, I don't think yeah. you know how sex works. For, for a movie where so much of it is about sexuality and seducing your victim and... And sharing life force, all they do to share life force is, is kiss. It's yeah. it's and it's the most tame. Like I I barely know how to kiss. I can I can barely master this. Like I don't know what else is going on down. You know anywhere else? <laughs> yeah, I um, I literally at one point I wanted to pause the movie and call. Like Amazon, because the the movie's on Prime, uh, and I wanted to call them and go, was I supposed to fill out a consent form before watching this movie? <laughs> I feel like I should have filled out a consent form. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the movie just gets it just gets weirder and weirder and weirder. Um, they like. At one point, you get the colonel dude that's, like, just there throughout the whole movie. He's just hanging out until the third act when suddenly there's nobody left and he finally has to do something. Yeah. Um, and he gets one point where our main character, who for some reason I'm supposed to root for, mm-hmm. is, as you mentioned earlier, he's beating the shit out of this woman because he can read into her mind and soul and tell that she's a masochist. And she likes this. <laughs> and literally, I'm thinking, like, everything you're saying right now sounds like some... Like, th- it, this sounds like the testimony at a trial in the Me Too movement era. Mm-hmm. That's what this sounds like. That's entirely... Like, I want... I'm waiting for you to turn around in your Harvey Weinstein. That's what I'm waiting for right now. Um, oh, my God. But then he tells the other guy he needs to leave the room if he can't handle it. And that guy just goes, I'm a natural voyeur. And sits down. And I just was like, okay. So I'm not supposed to like anyone in this movie. That's no. what you're telling me. Is that all these people can go fuck themselves. Yeah. I like Ellen. I like her. Which one? Which Ellen, Ellen is the one that he was beating, beating up. The shit out of, that yeah. he, that, like, 
Yeah. I like her. You know why? Because <laughs> she didn't know what was going on and she wanted nothing to do with it. <laughs> Wanting no part of what was going on in this movie made her the smartest character in the movie. Yeah. By far. The uh, the person that I liked the most was uh, Aubrey Morris. The, uh, oh man. What Who? was Sir Percy Hesseltine? The the it, the guy from A Clockwork Orange, PR Deltoid, yes, the the Which, one who <laughs> oh oh he showed up and I was just waiting for the for the weird like um, truancy officer oh. thing that he would do from A Clockwork Orange. Yeah, when they when they announced he was dead, I literally wrote Percy. I hardly knew who you were. <laughs> um, I most I the main guy's an astronaut. Mm-hmm. The nude lady's a, a sex space vampire. Mm-hmm. Dude in the trench coat's a voyeur. Yeah. And he's a colonel. That's it. That's all I've got on any of the characters. If you're and oh, and um Patrick Stewart runs an asylum. For the love of That's it. That's all I've got. For the love of God. As a favor to Sir Patrick Stewart, can we watch a movie that he's in that's fucking good yeah we really <laughs> or at the very least not watch anything for a while with him in it if it's jesus bad. god I, i'm certain that this is the these have to be this and dune have to be among his two m- most poorly received films without question poorly received yes worst they're definitely up there. <laughs> he has some pretty rough X-Men movies, though. Yeah, true. Um, he, he, yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. Um, I, I suggest Robin Hood Men in Tights. <laughs> um, I did point out at one, at, one, at one point, I did make the note, and I, I'm curious what you think. The lead, I think he's a community college Sam Rockwell. Oh, I wouldn't even give him that much of a compliment. But I'm I'm thinking more on his looks. Yeah, more more to his looks than his acting. Um, yeah, that's probably true. I absolutely the the character I did kind of love by the end of the movie was um, I'm gonna say Faliday. Oh, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. but because literally the, prof- the professor or at whatever. At one point, for no fucking reason, someone mails him a sword. <laughs> He's just unpacking a sword that came in the mail, talking on the phone, and then a guard is standing there creepily staring at him, and you're like, okay, so we're killing this guy off, that's a shame, because I kind of like the fact that he just randomly gets our, you know, (laughs) munitions and and weaponry and stuff sent to him. Yeah. And then we come back to him later, and he's like, yeah, I killed one. (laughs) Yeah, I did it. I killed one. One's down. You're down one. This is why zombie movies avoid the trope of calling the undead zombies. Yeah, and because why the minute, did this suddenly become a zombie movie? The minute you start calling the the evil characters in this vampires, it becomes so fucking ridiculously far-fetched. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so laughable. It's like, because at first I thought they were just using that as sort of like an analogy. Mm-hmm. They... they, pref- they act, operate, sort of like vampires. Mm-hmm. Now they're just de facto fucking vampires. They yeah. they are 
exactly the same. They're the vampires of old. You yeah. drive them through with a fucking stake, but it has to be yeah. leaded iron. Leaded iron. <laughs> Not steel. Leaded iron. Um, well, and the other... One... The biggest thing that I feel should be noted uh, getting... Getting this far into the movie is that the movie keeps flashing back to a better movie. Uh-huh. Because... They keep flashing back to what happened on the ship. Yeah. Which is basically a mix of John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah. And Agatha Christie's And Then There Were None. Mm -hmm. It's a combination of those two that would have been a better movie in every way, shape, and form. Yeah. I think you make that movie where it ends with him, you know, it starts where this movie started. And it ends with him, like... With the escape pod ejecting as the ship is blowing up, setting on fire, whatever, and you're seeing his body, and you're literally wondering if he is capable of surviving this. Yeah, you know, we don't know, we don't worry about any of the, but like, it's a better. Like I'm sitting there the whole time, going, I want to watch that movie. Yeah. What what do I have to pay to watch that? I will pay. What do I have to pay for Don't that worry. one? It's called Sunshine. It was directed by Danny Boyle. Uh, okay, I'm not going to pay for that. Um, <laughs> Sunshine is a fucking awesome movie. It, it's a perfectly good movie if you're in the mood for talking. If you're in the mood for super... like. Oh, it, wow. I thought you were going to be way more on board with Look... Me. I have nothing against Sunshine, but you've got to be in the right mood for it because the movie itself is kind of like taking an Ambien. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess I was... I've to, to be fair, I've only seen Sunshine once and I, I must have watched it when I was really in the mood for that for yeah. it because I hype that film all the fucking time. Oh, I'm sure. Should, I'm sure. I should really give it a second view for how much I hype it. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> I would also... Yeah, and then at one point in the movie, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we've managed to... Basically infect everyone. Mm -hmm. Pretty much everyone on the planet is infected, including in a scene that is of no use or purpose, the Prime Minister. Yeah. We discover that the Prime Minister has been taken, and I would like to point out, still a better Prime Minister than David Cameron or Theresa May. Still better than both of them combined. I, I didn't hate when it became a zombie film, but it was it was that horrible... It was that thing of that we talked about in the Little Monsters review, where there's no, there was no one overseeing like creature design because you mm. get, you go from these awesome you know like corpses that mm. are, are decrepit and and kind of like shambling around because they're they're obviously puppets but their their movements are very weird and alien to now it's just people with gray shit on their face and some fake blood. Yeah. Like, there's the one moment of the hand going through the window and then the hand, the, the arm comes off and that was kind of cool because mm. that, again, was probably a puppet. But everything the, else just the looks... The him, like, the, the one zombie trying to hold on to the helicopter and his skin comes off yeah. so that way he falls. Yeah. That was a good one. Uh -huh. You know, we had little moments like that and they they did work for better or worse. But it's still it's still amazing to me that all this chaos happens all because of one nude woman walking around. <laughs> Literally, yeah, it's just her. Mm -hmm. Like we, I, and maybe I maybe I missed something. It's incredibly possible. Yeah. Um, 
but the the other guy didn't really contribute. Yeah. The other the the guy vampire who didn't get skewered yeah. didn't really <laughs> contribute. Um, this what what doesn't make sense is there are no rules established in this and when they say that she's taken over Helen's body and she's not she's not completely draining people of their life force so she's not leaving bodies behind mm-hmm. it's not made clear if then those people will then have to start feeding off of others. Or if they just need a nap. Yeah. and They need a nap and some chicken soup and then they'll be great. (laughs) Because if it was said that she leaves behind these bodies and then two hours later these bodies need to feed and then those people that they feed off of two hours later they need to feed from someone else, Mm -hmm. that would make more sense. That would would explain this zombie-like outbreak. But nothing like that is ever explained. Yeah, it's... And every single time they tried to give exposition, I just got more confused. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is one of those movies where I'm not sure. I may have fallen asleep at one point during the movie. (laughs) Not because I flat out remember like suddenly waking up on the couch, but just because I feel like there was a gap in the movie at some point. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm certain I blacked out for a minute. (laughs) Um, because as soon as, uh, Carlson and his then buddy wants to want to get in separate cars and then go back into London to try to see where this woman is at. Oh yeah. And then they get out of their cars and then the guy who's not Carlson, whose name I will never remember. I'm just calling him Colonel. <laughs> like he gets scared by Carter, someone maybe. behind him I don't and know. he just shoots him in the fucking head. Yep. <laughs> that was that was great. <laughs> like he basically knows at this point, fuck it. Yeah. But that's like he just caps like one dude, yeah. And then he goes and gets never uses the guy again or whatever. Um, yeah, Faladay, where that and that's where it gets confusing. So did he, like, how did he get both taken mm-hmm. and and manage to, um, and manage to kill the the vampire? I don't know. That's when I blacked out because um, he. <laughs> Kills the vampire, seems to have gotten taken over by the vampire, but then also has his life force taken by the big ship, which I thought was only happening to ones that weren't taken, Mm -hmm. which in that case, why did it seem like he was about to kill the voyeur dude? So, the character just suddenly makes no sense, and then as I told, you know, as I mentioned to you earlier when I was trying to remember where all of my notes came from, his face goes a little Caesar. It suddenly is like <laughs> the greasy and but his face suddenly looks like the crust on a pizza. Yeah. Like all weird bubbly and stuff like that. So his carrot, like it was again, part, part of me feeling like I must've fallen asleep at some point, even though I didn't. Yeah. Um, the, uh, when they realize the escape pod, I just have to mention this. When they realize the escape pod is in Texas, I'm like, please run past the Leatherface farmhouse. Please make this in world with with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But they don't. They of course they don't. That uh, that would have been hysterical. <laughs> it would have would have been really funny if they were doing this as a comedy. Is you literally have them say it's in Texas. And then you cut to Leatherface in the middle of the road, like at the end of the movie, waving the chainsaw <laughs> yeah. around. 
and then all of a sudden one of the one of their vehicles starts pulling up behind him and just shoots him dead as they drive <laughs> past him. And the that I mean, that mm-hmm. would have been great if you're doing a comedy. Yeah. Um so we get to the very end of the movie where you've got the I don't know if this was an actual twist if she if she meant it, but the the vampire reveals that our main character has been a vampire this whole movie. Yeah. Like he's one of them. Like yeah. he's like at one point in the movie they lay the groundwork of like, oh, they've been here before. Yeah. So I'm assuming that I'm assuming that either A they are saying that he was one of the ones that they that's been here for longer than he realizes. Mm. Or B she was telling him, you know, you had the the magic in your heart all along, sort of like that sort of thing, you know, that sort of thing of like yeah. you had the heart of a champion all along, you know, you didn't need Michael Jordan's special special. It was just water. You had the skill inside of you all along. Well, I I thought that we could have been playing into that when uh, Faladay or whatever his name is, when he becomes crazy weirdo like i've accepted this i know there's an afterlife like it's fucking awesome there's vampires like i i was wondering if maybe he was one of them and like maybe that would have made sense if there there was some in hiding on earth that well honestly that would have been great Mm. i i would have dug that because then his research it would like his research was about keeping a food source nearby yeah and that, like, that would have worked. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you get to what has to have been a phenomenal death scene to film. Because <laughs> at the end of the movie, you get our hero? Yeah. Question mark? For lack um, of a better term. Yeah. You know, the guy who was beating on a woman at one point and apparently is one of the evil sex space vampires. <laughs> but he's our hero. Mm-hmm. Um that's how far we've come, folks, from the eighties. Um, but you get he, so he he is once again not understanding how sex works. He and oh, you don't have the, sex standing the, up, facing each other, standing up, standing, pressed <laughs> pressed against each other, tummy to tummy. No, no, that is not how we manage to find ourselves going. Oh shit, we have a kid coming. <laughs> Um, that, so yeah, and she, and she keeps talking in ways that I'm just like, okay, at some point you guys brought in a soft corn porn writer because she just keeps being like, I'm nearly there, but with no actual conviction. She has no conviction to what she's saying, which kind of makes it better. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But so you've got these two actors that are naked. Yeah. He skewers them together like a kebab. Yeah. And then they both, while still having to pretend that they're skewered, pressing up against each other, start flailing. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's a side shot where you can see that they are naked. (laughs) So I'm just literally like, okay. So they had to look on the sheet that day and go, what am I doing? Oh. I need to get naked, press up against you, and then we're just going to flail around and hope that things don't get awkward. (laughs) 
We're going to flail around and hope that we don't start laughing or accidentally find out we're having sex. You know, like... <laughs> it, I literally, I was watching that death scene going, this, I want to be a fly on the wall on that day of filming. Yeah. Because I want to see how anyone on... I feel like the director had to threaten to fire any crew members that laughed mm-hmm. during that sequence. Yeah. I have to believe that that happened. Yeah. Well, if he did, he fired half his crew that day. Yes, um, probably. <laughs> but it, it, the, it, what I what I did enjoy in that finale okay. is when the other guy, you know, walks back out onto the steps and he's looking up and the spaceship seems to be taking off or maybe it's gonna just go uh, whatever who knows he comes out and there's still all those dead bodies on the on the steps yeah which i did enjoy i was like okay you, you know i hope continuity there, yeah i hope there's not a i hope there's not a sequel but at least there are there are you know implied consequences it's not like the vampire died and then everyone stood up and goes i'm back to normal like yeah. you know all the dead people like <laughs> Oh, what a good nap. <laughs> How'd I end what, up here? What a crazy dream. Why am I on the edge of Big Ben? How did this happen? Um, no, no, I, 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 did I didn't even make a note of, like, is he the Omega Man now? Yeah. Like, is this, like, is the sequel I Am Legend? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> is that what we're saying happened here? Because that kind of checks out. Uh-huh. Yeah. That kind of checks out as, as segueing into that. Um, <laughs> I hope it's not. Um, so then we have, like, the, the end credits score happens, and I'm, you know, I'm listening to it going, this is really good, and, you know, I'm literally watching the credits, not because I care about watching the credits, or because I think, oh, at the end of the movie, you know, Nick Fury's going to show <laughs> up and ask this guy to join the Avengers or something. Yeah. I literally just was like, I'm enjoying the score, so I'm going to keep watching. And it gets to a section, and maybe you know what this was for. I don't. Why did they have mime artists? Where were mimes in this fucking movie? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't say for the credits. I literally saw that and was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> How the fuck did I miss mimes?" Because you better believe I would have had a whole like five or six notes dedicated. To them needing to go fuck themselves. Yeah. So I don't know how I missed that. To me, threw me off. That threw me for a fucking loop. They were the uh, they were the corpses actually. That's how. That's why they were able to emote so well. Maybe and maybe that's <laughs> it. Maybe the mime artist. Maybe that's what the zombie people were called for some weird ass reason. I don't know. Um, <laughs> what are your but, what are your final thoughts on this film? Would you recommend this to someone? Uh, my final thoughts on this movie is is simply this. Unless you are watching a podcast that is watching a podcast, listening to a podcast that is discussing this film, don't. Yeah. I I cannot say I would have... I would have started this movie... Because, you know, like, you know, Paul Shear, um, who I'm a big fan of, they have the, he has the fantastic podcast, How Did This Get Made? Yeah. Um, which, if you're not listening to it, you should. You know, it doesn't take all week to listen to ours. There's plenty of time to share. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but he did, I forget for who, it might have been Wired, he did his, like, five worst movies of all time, and this, I think this was his number one. Mm-hmm. It was definitely on the list. I don't know if it was his number one, but it was on the list. And so I was just like, you know, this is ridiculous enough of a concept. I think I'm going to watch this Yeah. at some point. If I had just watched it and didn't have the podcast, yeah, I would have turned it off before Patrick Stewart ever showed up. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. What about you? What are your thoughts? Um, would you recommend this to anyone? I, th- I don't know. <laughs> if you were heavily intoxicated with a bunch of friends... That's true. This could be a good drunk movie. to stare at some boobs for for a while and your internet is down, but you still have access to Amazon Prime, <laughs> I guess this is not the worst way to go. Um, <laughs> no, there, there, were, there were a couple effective you know, shots. I didn't hate the, you know, the, the corpses, the, what seemed to be puppeteer work. Um, I didn't, as, as ridiculous as it was, I actually kind of morbidly enjoyed the effect of the blood spurting out of, uh, Oh, Patrick coming Stewart's, out of Percy I, and Patrick yeah, Stewart. Their, their eyes and, uh, eyes and mouth. See, I got confused during that. I'm glad you brought it up. Cause I got confused cause I forgot about Percy entirely. <laughs> so I was like, why do why they keep, they... <laughs> why do they keep going yes. from this pretty crappy head, but I can, fake but head I know of it's Patrick, Patrick Stewart, Stewart. Yeah. to this, holy shit, this is bad. This is head not Patrick, of Patrick Stewart. Stewart. And it was like the last time they showed it that I went, oh, yeah, this is the dude that guy. I kept forgetting was in the movie. Yeah. Clearly. The, the guy who broke his neck. Yeah. Um, at, at some point. Off yeah, screen, I no, guess. No, there, there were some parts that I didn't hate, but it, it did not... It did not outweigh the uh, the frustrations with the film. Um, so many frustrations. But yeah, it it is not the worst thing we've watched on this podcast, but uh, no, it's no, it's not, it's not microwave massacre, it's not microwave massacre. but it's close. Yeah, it should it sh- should have been though. I feel like I, there's there's so many ways they could have taken this film to make it a better film. I, I feel like maybe it, I don't know. I haven't read <laughs> F- Space Vampires, but maybe it was adapted too closely or no, something. From, from what I understand. The writer of the novel considers this the worst adaptation of any of his work. Um, which, I don't know if that makes me want to read the book more or less. Mm-hmm. But it would be interesting to read the book. I can't, I can't deny it. Yeah. I don't think I would unless you told me the book was like 130 pages. So yeah. it would be like a quick read. Yeah. But, yeah. I. The funny thing to me is... That most people have seen part of this movie, in a sense, in a better movie. Mm -hmm. Because the mummified corpses in this film would later show up as the mummified corpses of the Americans in the 1999 The Mummy that Stephen Summers directed with Brendan Fraser. It's the same mummified bodies. Okay. Um, I read that and I was just like, wow, yeah, I wish I was watching that. (laughs) This had the mummified corpses of the 
that version of the mummy mixed with the sexual assault and misun and lack of concept of consent of the Tom Cruise mummy. <laughs> the uh, when I would open up my um, Amazon video app on my phone, mm-hmm. it would be like you know because I had to back out a couple times. I was tr- I was trying to watch it over the course of a day and um, watched it basically entirely on my phone and every time I went back into the app it was like do you want to continue Starship Troopers? And I was like honestly I would prefer it. (laughs) Honestly I would love to continue watching Starship Troopers. I'd watch it again start to fucking finish before I watch this movie again. But yeah that's my that's my thoughts on uh, yeah so that's life force that's life force um go watch texas chainsaw what Massacre a movie for the love what of a movie. god I don't, what I, a movie <laughs> i what a movie that's that's all i got um I, no i need to watch texas chainsaw mask hey, right this, now to get this the, movie was ahead of its time in one way though this movie back in the 80s before it was a thing this movie had a blue beam Going up into the sky during the final act. That's ahead of his fucking time right That's there. That's true. That's true. That's before all the superhero movies started yeah. doing it. This movie did it first. Yeah, this is this is a good 20, how, 30 years ahead how, of the curve. How does this movie not get a special thanks <laughs> in every single movie that's done it since then? I don't know. Yeah. I think I do know, but I don't know. <laughs> so what else have you been watching this week? Uh, uh, God, I haven't been watching much of anything else. Um... I've, yeah, no, I, I've been working, I've been playing a bunch of different random video games, I've been playing a lot of Wolfenstein, oh, it's been my thing. Nice, nice. The, the New Order, or the, uh, what was the newest one? New Order out? and, um, Colossus. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. So, I've been playing, I've been playing both of those, um, yeah, weird-ass fucking games. Literally, at one point, if my wife had asked me how the game was going, my answer would have been, it's good, my severed head on its new robotic body just finished finished its audition for a movie for its producer, Adolf Hitler. <laughs> I don't think I got it. I had a question for you, since our last episode was uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, and I... I need to talk about something good to get the taste of this movie okay, out of my mouth. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, both Tom Holland and, it seems, uh, John Watts want uh, Craven the Hunter for the next film. Who would you like to cast as Craven the Hunter? Uh, I know that uh, Tom Holland favored uh, Jason Momoa for the role, obvi- yeah. for obvious reasons. He yeah. wouldn't be on the table to play the role. Um I don't know. I feel like you could go a lot of different directions. I feel like it's one of those ones that I feel like I could never think of the answer. And then as soon as you told me to me, I'd be like, Oh my God. Yeah, of course them. Yeah. The, um, I mean, I've heard people say Joe, uh, Maglianello. Um, I've heard people say Mm. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I think Uh. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, I think is too, Maybe just a hair too old for the role. They're both too white. Um, true. You need someone with some ethnicity to True. Them. I have a, I have a thought. Um, Lay it on you, me. Have you seen Aquaman? I have not. I have not either. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would cast 
Black Manta, Yahya Abdul uh, Mateen. <sighs> he's a big dude. He's got a presence. He's six three. He has. He does have acting chops. I th- no, he does. Uh, he does. He absolutely does. I just, I, I don't. I don't know if I would want to go for big brawny mm-hmm. over somebody who's got the look of being like an agile, yeah. agile like. Well, I think you put him next to Jason Momoa. They're they're similarly sized dudes. I also think you he could play more of an intellect. And I also think I don't think it's stunt casting in me saying, "Hey, maybe a black dude should play this role." When you look at Spider-Man's Rogue gal- Gallery and it's overwhelmingly white dudes. Yeah. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah, uh, Spider-Man takes on a lot of old white dudes. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's no doubt about it. He, uh, he definitely is beating the ass out of the retirement home. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think because I feel like there's that one, that one person that you, as soon as you say them, you're just like, oh my god, yeah, yeah. If only they, if they, if they hadn't used Mads Mikkelsen, I would say he would be a fun mm. out left field way yeah. to go with it. Yeah. Um, he wouldn't be my first choice to do that kind of thing, but yeah, that this love takes. I I'll have to really legit think about this. Um, I'm you, you know I'm wondering if we could pitch someone like someone that's not necessarily like Mads. Well, sort of in the same vein, like a Viggo Mortensen, if you. My problem is with with Craven the Hunter. I expect the size more than anything. I expect the, like you said, he can be more agile. But I'm expecting someone over six feet tall. Like I I get that with um, size, intellect, you know, cunning, the the, uh, just you know everything. Like. So Jason Momoa, he does work for me just because there is that ethnicity to him, um, of him not just being a flat out like, you know, just a white guy. Yeah. Um, God, I just I don't know, man. I I would have to really think on this. Yeah. To to land on somebody because right now there's not really anyone jumping out as as a good option. Yeah. Um. Well, I'll have, to, I'll have to think on that one. We'll revisit it. Uh, yeah. But that's my... I'm throwing my hat in the ring with, with my pick. Yeah, uh, Abdul-Mateen. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, um, if only Brendan Gleeson was a little bit younger. If you're not going to have his Doc Ock, he'd be a pretty fun craven. Yeah. What's Colin Farrell up to? What's Donald Gleeson? Ooh, fuck. I know, I know that goes against my whole, like, not just some white guy thing, but yeah. Colin Farrell could be fun. Um, uh, uh, Irish accent, Colin yeah. Farrell. Sticks. <laughs> I'm Craven. <laughs> no, I want Bullseye. I want Bullseye Colin Farrell. <laughs> Fucking wide-eyed and crazy. <laughs> I love him. I People can talk shit on that movie all they oh, want. Oh, yeah, he's one of the best parts. He, he and Michael Clark Duncan uh-huh. are what is good about that movie because mm-hmm. they got it right with Absolutely. those two. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
one of the things that we had, we had uh, talked about um, that we would love to get um, feedback from you guys who were listening, um, we, we talked about doing an entire episode that's just us doing our rankings of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, um, just seeing where our ranking of them was trying to find some other fun, creative things to do. Not just doing a movie, you know, us rambling and ranting about a movie, but us, you know, either discussing a franchise or, um, you know, doing doing a a list of some sort. So if that's the sort of thing that you guys would like to hear us do, please let us know. Um, We, you know, we aim to please. We we aim to, to give people something that they can have fun with and enjoy when they listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have noticed, you know, we've noticed that a lot of you, maybe it's just because it's our first episode, um, maybe it's because it's called Our Favorite ep- Movies, but that episode does get a lot of, a, some of the most love that we uh, that we get for any of our episodes, so we figured it was something to to maybe possibly start exploring. Yeah. So. Definitely, I don't want to keep watching uh, Life Force and, and Microwave Massacre for the rest of my life. Oh, so. don't worry. I got some others. <laughs> I got I got so many movies. My, my cues for Amazon, Netflix, and Hulu. They're, they're ugly. They're they, ugly. Like, you literally get movies that I legit want to see. Like you'll get like a moonlight or yeah. you know like uh, English Patient, Jacob's Lad. Like you'll get these movies that I legitimately want to watch. Yeah, and then you'll get movies like Life Force, and you know you'll get these really weird yeah. movies. We, I, I am, I am beyond any concept of an algorithm that any of those fucking websites can put together at yeah. this point. I'm convinced. Yeah. No, I definitely, I want, you know, part of this is I want people to see our taste. You know, obviously they have a gauge of our opinions, but it's it, we're not coming up with any super hot takes. You know, we might no. not love a particular director who was, you know, very well liked by, by seemingly most of <laughs> the, the public consciousness. Yeah, but which... Like, which- Director, do I hate? Are you talking about there? I mean, you know, which one? Pick, yeah. I got, I got a few. <laughs> but like, this is also a way for us to gush about the shit that we loved, and we've we've been able to do that with Marvel movies and with, you know, me if it's Clifford or our favorite movies or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, but definitely, I want to be able to talk about A Clockwork Orange or uh, American Psycho or you know any number of movies that would be on my like list of favorites of all time absolutely so we'll you know give us your feedback give us your ideas give us um your general opinions thoughts criticisms bonus points if you can make us cry um (laughs) and you know we'll start to incorporate that kind of stuff to kind of mix things up a little bit um also to keep an eye out for i think we haven't finalized timetables for it yet um but our good friend Aaron Jackson over at Fighting With Myself, which is a fantastic um, MMA podcast if you're into that kind of thing. Um, and even if you're not, maybe it's just because I, I know him so I can laugh. But um, 
I, I'm not into that stuff that well, but we have talked. We, at some point in the future, are going to be having him on as a guest to discuss a movie with us. We have an idea for the movie. It might change, so I don't want to announce it just yet, but the goal is for that to be happening here soon, and... Um, yeah, maybe see if some of my other friends that can uh, can join you in mocking me for my my weird taste in film <laughs> uh, can guys can team up on me and uh, and mock me and see if you can make me cry That's on right. air. I mean, it's no um, word of the mind. So Clifford and, and Little Monsters rank pretty high for me, so yeah. Well, <laughs> that's for you and your therapist to deal with. That's not for me to <laughs> say anything on. Um, but yeah, you know, we're looking to we're looking to do some more fun stuff. We're looking to, you know, keep things interesting, mix things up a little bit. Um, you know, obviously it's not going to be our movie of the week, but you know, this weekend we are going to be going to see uh, the absolutely funny and incredibly talented Patton Oswalt perform. Yeah. Uh, we're very excited about that. Um, looking forward to that. Yeah, we'll be we'll be gushing about that. I'm sure because fantastically funny guy um but yeah if you guys you know you guys want to say anything to us uh drop us a line you guys can follow us on twitter at movies work uh you can go find us on facebook with movies after work and you guys can email us at movies after work at gmail.com you guys can give us your thoughts your opinions your feedback your harsh criticisms your yo mama jokes um you know your opinion of how exactly you should rank the order of which body part should show up in shadow form when someone's <laughs> making an entrance into a room you might have a completely different view than that of this movie so you know with that unless uh unless you've got other stuff that you want to talk about no, I'm good you're good all right well for Movies After Work, I'm Thomas Green. I'm Alex Dewis. You guys have a good day at work tomorrow. Thank you. Bye-bye.